0: No purchase necessary Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on BCEN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Beginning our number six Betting Across America, presented by Bet MGM Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. So let's clean up what was going on in Tuscaloosa as we were going to break. Looked like they had a touchdown, was taken off the board. First and goal at the one, and then it looked like they ran it in. They didn't give him the spot, so they had to review that. But finally, Arkansas, a very roundabout way, they do get that touchdown. Nick Saban looks, looks perplexed uh, because right now, Arkansas starting to have their way a little bit offensively to the last two possessions, both touchdowns. 17-14 Alabama in the league.
2: Alabama right now minus 14 and a half, 61 and a half on the total at BetMGM. MGM. Couple quick updates as well. Cincinnati had a field goal block, so maybe that's a momentum for SMU, but it's been all Bearcats 27 to nothing, three minutes left to go in the first half. Bearcats minus 30 and a half, 61 and a half at BetMGM. MGM. Wisconsin missed a field goal. Nebraska has the ball back, 14 to 14. Nebraska getting four in the hook at BetMGM, 51 and a half. Kind of, we'll see if Mike mm. Lombardi's middle eight theory that he writes about kind of applies here in college football because Nebraska gonna maybe end the half with the ball and get the ball for the second half. So Wisconsin's in for a tussle. They're not gonna give them that Big Ten West title.
3: Okay, we were looking up earlier because Georgia Tech had a, a runaway freight train look like they're gonna score and get off the the Schneid, 48 nothing. And then I just looked up, and Notre Dame stopped uh, that runaway freight train. That's, I
2: believe, two pick sixes already for Notre Dame this afternoon. So it's... about to make it fifty-five
3: to nothing. <laughs> Some of these games today have been flat-out laughable, and right now Notre Dame putting up a huge number on Georgia Tech. Let's bring in George Reister III. I'll follow him on Twitter at George Reister, former Oregon Duck, host of Reister or Wrong, ten p.m. p.m. Uh, ten p.m. Pacific time on Mad Dog Radio. George, great to have you back in the program. Uh, before we get into your Oregon Ducks uh, against Utah, and now that money is coming in on the Utes here, I, I got to get your overall thoughts on what you've seen so far today. Look, I, I know Ohio State laid a big number, and they boy they opened that up on Michigan State today. Alabama's struggling right now. Michigan looks like they're they're in a good position here, up 21-3 on Maryland. What's your biggest takeaway so far on this College Football Saturday? I
4: mean, <laughs> I, this, this is separation time. We start to see who the real contenders are and who the pretenders are. I mean, you you you've seen Ohio State emerge and get a lot better. You've seen, um, and also understanding that Michigan State was finally exposed for the for their um, lack of pass defense. They finally found somebody who was willing to say you know what we'll throw the ball every down if we need to and they and they got nothing going there so i'm you know and we we saw another loss from from texas oklahoma went down to the wire so I, so so i think we're starting to see who's who in college football right now
2: yeah, and we're right now we're seeing it, at least with Cincinnati wow, here as they're going to get another stop here. We'll see if SMU goes for it; might be desperation time here in the first half. But twenty-seven enough, and we have kind of been waiting on Cincinnati. Well, here's what we've been waiting for: a really good performance for this team. So, meanwhile, George, we turn to a team that is ranked a little bit above Cincinnati, and that's your alma mater, the Oregon Ducks, going on the road to face the Utes. Don't see a team in the top four of the college football playoff, an underdog, but probably rightfully so rice eccles is a very tough place to play we know Utah's very physical laying in about three or three and a half against the ducks uh in terms of the ducks look they've been winning but they haven't been winning necessarily impressively but that win over Ohio State is a gift that keeps on giving
4: well that well I actually I would I would beg to differ the uh, the uh, last couple weeks because I obviously that Washington win like mm-hmm. the, the, the thing that pe- it was only a 10 point win. But people don't understand that that weather out there, it, I mean, they dominated the entire game a- after spotting them nine points. And it was just a case of, like, I mean, it was probably some of the worst weather that we've recently seen college football played in, especially this year. No, n- Nobody played in worse k- conditions. The uh, wind was awful. It was pouring down, raining, and and that defense has continued to get better and better each and every week. And you saw them absolutely dominate Washington state as well. They, they added a late touchdown. So it only ended up a 14 point victory. Like, you, you know, one of those walk off against the three touchdown to, to, <laughs> to make it a push in a 14 point spread game. So uh, I'm actually excited. I, I thought it was inexplicable that they were dogs, but obviously for some reason, the, the, the computers don't like Oregon, and as but it doesn't matter if the computers don't like them as long as they continue to win. And um and today with the way that Ohio State performed, I think they do need to put up a solid per performance. If they can win by twenty one or more, or or even seventeen or more and dominate the entire game, then I think that they'll be able to uh, stave off uh, Ohio State jumping them in the playoffs.
3: All right, talking with George Rice, her former uh, Duck tight end. So, George, why is that? Why is it that the the committee and or the general public doesn't think this Oregon team is very good? Is it just because the Stanford loss? Because to your point there, I mean, look, it's still probably the best win we've seen at a conference all year when they went to the shoe and beat the Buckeyes in Columbus.
4: Yeah, they did. This is a, a well, that was a big win. But I think part of the problem is, is kind of a little bit of the West coast bias. And also whether it's the S and P plus or any of these computer models, they actually hate the ducks. So, (laughs) so, uh, so, uh, so I think that the only way to shut the computers up is to just continue to a win. And, and I think that people saw Ohio state's offense put up, such outstanding numbers after that game that they were like, oh man, they got it together, but then they hadn't played anybody good. And then, and then they ran into Penn state and then their offense all of a sudden vanished again. And then against the bad pass defense of Michigan state, oh, it's magic. They're great again. So I I think that the real test or the real viewing of Ohio state is going to come next weekend when, when they play Michigan Michigan is going to be physical and mm-hmm. I think that Ohio State wins wins the game, but I don't think that there's a chance that they run away with it.
2: Georgia, let me flip it back to your alma mater here in Oregon and uh, talk about the quarterback, Anthony Brown. Obviously, the running game in Oregon is always good. Doesn't matter who's coaching there in Eugene. They're able to find a way to run the ball and have running backs put up big numbers, but what is, what is your evaluation of Anthony Brown? He, he was used basically like as a red zone quarterback because Tyler Shuck, who's now at Texas Tech, was the starter. But it seems like Anthony Brown has kind of gotten a little bit more comfortable as the season has gone on and, uh, you know, a lot less erratic, not really turning the ball over very much, only four interceptions this year. What have you thought, felt about his play at least over the last several weeks? Listen,
4: he's, he's Greg McElroy. He's, he's, he's not, he's not uh Tua, He's not Mac Jones. Like if, if you were looking for a comparison, that's who he is. Like, don't, don't expect him to, to be special except for like, he'll make a hero play every now and then and make a really nice throw, but don't expect him to win the game for you. Expect him to come out, play solid, not turn the ball over and give you a chance to win. And, that, and that's kind of where, where he lived. And that's, you know, to the frustration or chagrin of Oregon fans because historically we've been so used to these great offenses that put up so many points and all of that stuff. So to not have that, you know, for, for Duck fans is a little bit frustrating. But but the reality is they just lean on you and lean on you and lean on you. If you, if you notice, they've rushed for over 300 yards multiple times this uh, year. And then they wear you out fourth 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 quarter, and then the defense gets stop after stop, and all of a sudden you're you're like, how are we down? I thought we were. I thought we had a shot. And then uh, and then the clock ticks zero.
3: Yeah, absolutely, Georgie. You mentioned here the West Coast bias, maybe playing against Oregon here. Also, it is when you look at the rest of the Pac-12 that it just feels like the conference outside of Oregon has been down. Obviously, now Utah is making a late run here. They played a lot better football. Year as of late, so these potential two contests with Utah could go a long way if Oregon were able to win both of those games. I look up and I see UCLA has just taken the lead against USC. What is it with the rest of the Pac-12? It, does the conference have to get better to kind of get rid of this West Coast bias in years to come?
4: Uh, yes. And 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 what it is, is is you have to win your non-conference games, where UCLA that they got a good win against LSU, but then LSU turns turns around and and lays a stinker for the for the for the rest of the season. But the most important thing is to win your non conference games because that's going to put you in a position to to to, to get that respect and, and 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 by that and granted the 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 Pac twelve has four non conference losses against BYU obviously BYU is a good football team, but that's the difference in, you know, a few teams having an additional win and that would give you probably three more ranked teams. So, so I think it starts with the non-conference and a lot of times conferences don't get the credit because a lot of times because they don't have one, one dominant team and having one dominant team is very important. They, I mean, the, the ACC was propped up by Clemson for a very long mm-hmm. time, and and so and so all you need is one dominant team, and you'll be fine.
3: Check him out. He is the host of the Ricer or Wrong, 10 p.m. on Mad Dog Radio. George Ricer, follow him on Twitter. Appreciate the insight, George. Uh, enjoy the game against Utah. We'll catch up with you again soon. All
4: right, thanks. Thank all you, right. George.
3: Great having George on here again. Very quickly before we go to break. Alabama 24-14 right now over Arkansas. Arkansas punting about 34 seconds to go before halftime, and Michigan right now had a touchdown called back, much to the chagrin of Jim Harbaugh. But they are sitting all over this Maryland squad ahead of that showdown with Ohio State. A couple halftime
2: lines before we get the break here: 14 apiece up in Wisconsin. Uh, the Badgers minus four, 21 and a half for the second half. Cincinnati, no good on that field goal, but they held SMU to under 80 yards of offense wow. in the first half, so 27-0 Bearcats.
3: We'll do a little buy, sell, or hold in the SEC. Come on back. It's next right here on v in the Sports Betting Network.
0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
4: 18 plus.
3: This is Betting Across America on V the
4: Sports Betty Network.
3: Football season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please get responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Roth. This is betting across America right now. All Cincinnati, all the time, as they lead 27 nothing on SMU, and Michigan has gone to the house with a 24 to three lead over Maryland as they get ready for their big showdown next week against Ohio State.
2: Yeah, a couple second half lines about to come out right now. By the way, we'll update that Cincinnati line. Second half minus three and a half, 28 and a half on the total. Cincinnati's defense has absolutely swallowed SMU, at least for the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Pittsburgh, Virginia, Pittsburgh up 24-21. We got a shootout, kind of what we expected with Brandon Armstrong back in the lineup and back at quarterback for UVA. Second half total, 35, pit 3.5 of the second half. Alabama has just gone to the half, 24-14. to 14 over the Arkansas Razorbacks, Alabama about minus eight is what I'm seeing for the second half, 28 for the second half total. All
3: right, let's see how the UCLA Battle of Los Angeles game plays out right now. About eight minutes ago, USC has a first down around midfield, trailing that game 14-10. to 10. Let's play a little game of buy, sell, or hold in the SEC, speaking uh, certainly of what we've seen from Alabama so far in this first half. I mean, it's amazing that we're here the end of the year, of the regular season, and Bama's still plus money to win the SEC. Now, mm-hmm. again, plus 175. they got to hold on to this 10-point lead that they have currently against Arkansas, and then, obviously, they're going to have to figure out a way to beat Georgia, beat Auburn first in the Iron Bowl, but no Bo Nix, so you think that might be a little bit of an easier task in the Iron Bowl, but it's still the Iron Bowl, and then beat Georgia in the SEC title game. So when you look at that now, you see adjusted to plus 110 for Alabama, Georgia minus one forty. This is where you get into that money line scenario, and we, we we believe mm-hmm. the opening line might be around Georgia minus three in that SEC title game. Are you buy, selling, or holding the Bulldogs and or the Crimson Yeah,
2: Tigers? the uh, sports book behind us here in our V-CIN studio did put out Georgia minus three for the SEC championship game. So that's where you got to look. Okay, what typically is going to be like a three point money line, and and what are you going to be able to get? On the money line from that side, because I mentioned last week, and I think it was actually two weeks ago when Adam Burke was on, and and you know we've seen kind of the adjustment in Mm -hmm. the SEC prices. It's like, do you just take like money line on that game where like a minus three is going to be like you know depending plus one thirty plus one thirty five if You will, so then that's where you got to compare it to the SEC prices. Uh, I think it's different than what I had on my sheet. I believe what did you say it was plus 110 now in Alabama, correct? So, do you just take the money line on that game? Take the better price, do arbitrage, you know? Yeah, if you think Alabama is going to beat the Bo Nixless uh, Auburn Tigers tomorrow or next weekend in the Iron Bowl, then okay, there's not going to be a ton of change because Georgia probably the line is going to be the same barring, obviously a disaster for Alabama if they lose here, but assume that they take care of business. What is going to be the better price to take the sec championship or just to take the money line on that spread? Because I don't know how much of that is going to change. If both teams went out, it's probably going to be the same. It's going to get two way action because look, you're getting almighty. Alabama as an underdog. That's going to attract plenty of betters. You better believe it, you know, and then Georgia has been the best team all season. So they're going to get money. So you're going to get two good two-way action, I think, at three. I think that's a perfect line here. So it's just kind of like, what do you want to do here? Do you want to take, you know, and it's only going to be the difference of like maybe 20, 25 cents. But still, that's how you earn. If you want to make money at Mm -hmm. this and you want to take this seriously, you got to do some arbitrage here. Take the better number.
3: Well, and again, that's what you you try to figure out. How do I get that better number? I don't know that there's any value anymore in anybody not named Georgia or Alabama. No, I mean, yeah, you're
2: not going down the board here. I mean, that's going to be more than likely what the SEC championship, and that's kind of been inevitable, I think, pretty much all season, even though, you know, some of these teams, Ole Miss, A&M, Auburn, they've been, you know, they've shown a little bit of metal. But not enough metal to beat those top two teams, no. except for AM, who did beat Alabama, of course, in college station. But I think that's what you just gotta look at. And probably all these books are gonna be looking at these and say, Okay, you know, we don't wanna hang a cookie out here. We don't wanna hang like plus one fifty on Alabama to win the SEC when the money line's only gonna be like a dollar twenty five or a dollar thirty. So that's what you gotta do. And that's what having multiple outs and betting at multiple sports books, whether it's in Legally, in your jurisdiction, or out here in Nevada, if you bet at faraway places, Mm -hmm. offshore, that's where you got to look and compare these prices and try to take the best number. And that's why I always recommend, no matter what size of better you are, you're $100 better, $1,000 better, $10,000 better, what have you, you want to have like at least three or four outs depending on the increments of money that you bet.
3: Okay, very quickly, because, again, when we talk about this Georgia-Alabama scenario and how to find the, the best value there, I know some people will theorize that, well, because Georgia has a game in hand, if you will, that the SEC title game, maybe they don't get their best effort, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing that no matter what, our biggest fist to fry is the national championship. So we don't have to put everything in. And Alabama, because they know they can't slip up theoretically to have a second loss, because again, no two-loss team has ever made the college football playoff. Do you put any stock in that? that they might say, well, because Georgia, all they got going to do is get to the SEC title game undefeated and they're mm-hmm. into the college football playoff. So maybe it wouldn't be as strong a play.
2: Uh, I think Georgia is coming to try to rip Alabama's throat out. Yeah. Personally, I don't think that this is going to be, yeah, we've already made the playoff. No, they want to keep that undefeated season. And, They're going to try to stomp a mud hole in Nick Saban and those guys. So, you know, Alabama, obviously, it's more of a must for them than it is for Georgia, but I still don't think that that really is going to change
3: how this is played. All right, let's get back out to Mandalay Bay right now. Ben Falk's going to rejoin us now. Ben, uh, how are things over there? And are you seeing any other big time plays come in?
6: Yeah, no other uh, big time plays that uh, we can report on as of now. A lot of uh, intense fan reaction, though, to this Nebraska-Wisconsin game, really on both sides, as we talked about with Mike Piranio, a lot of Nebraska fans out here for that Terrence Crawford-Sean Porter fight later tonight, uh, Terrence Crawford from Omaha, Nebraska, so fans making that trip, uh, and that's been the prevailing, that's been on the big screen, that's been what fans have been reacting to right now.
3: That's very interesting because yeah. people forget that the Bud Crawford is from Omaha.
2: Yeah, I wonder if uh, the, uh, the old uh, wizard from Omaha, uh, Mr. Buffett, who is friends with Mr. Crawford, has been seated ringside at a lot of his fights if he made that trip out here. Uh, come on down with us, Warren. We'd like to talk to you.
3: That'd be very cool. You have an open spot right here. We'll we, we do have
2: an open segment for you.
3: Might need to ask for a loan, too, if he sits down next to us. All right, we appreciate Ben Fox with that update right there. But, yeah, that does make good logical sense with a big Nebraska crowd in that game right now, hanging in the balance. And it does have very significant importance, obviously for Wisconsin, yeah, if they want to represent uh, and get into the big 10 title. Mm, game. Well,
2: and you look, I mean, they're in the driver's seat and they were going into today, but we've still got some things to shake out. Look, Iowa still gets very slim hopes because they obviously lost to Wisconsin outright, but Looking at that, uh, by the way, Iowa with about four minutes left to go, they're up uh, 13 to, uh, or excuse me, 23 to 16. Okay. They are in Illinois territory, so probably a field goal here is going to end the Illini's upset bid. Of course, Brett Bielema not coaching due to a positive COVID-19 test, so you look at those Big Ten West standings. Wisconsin and Iowa today were coming in at 5-2. and two. So, look, Iowa wins over Illinois. Wisconsin loses to Nebraska all of a sudden, Iowa's got the one-game lead going into the final week, and they will be playing Nebraska next week. So you've got these teams that are right there: Minnesota, four and three; Purdue did win today to go the to five and three. Minnesota, by the way, up twenty-one-seven on Indiana in Bloomington. So still kind of a muck here, even though Wisconsin's pretty much beaten all of the competition that they've needed to face, uh, and they'll get Minnesota in the Paul Bunyan's Axe game next week. Very tough game that the Badgers are getting from Nebraska. And I thought that they would, and through 30 minutes, they are.
3: And right now, UCLA has just scored again against USC. So they have an 11-point lead, 21-10 to 10 here, midway through the second quarter. So that game, we're starting to get the points. Maybe you thought Jackson Dart playing quarterback for USC today. Boy, it's just been a tale of two cities, uh, two teams in the city of Los Angeles. UCLA, if they get this win, 7-4 and four for the Fighting Chip Kellys. And again, mm-hmm. it's almost like, boy, they lose this game, he could get fired. He wins this game seven and four. All of a sudden UCLA putting together a nice season.
2: Yeah. And, and they needed one because, uh, we didn't have time to ask George, uh, Reister about that. But I was like, if UCLA loses this game, Oh boy. is chip Kelly in trouble in Westwood. So obviously, uh, a must win, I think you would think, for the Bruins. But at least some progress being shown, and they'll get into a decent little middle bowl game.
3: They are uh, mercifully into the fourth quarter in South Bend. 55-0 right now. Notre Dame all over.
2: Rudy <laughs> Rudiger is going to get in the game uh, against Put Georgia Tech like he did in that movie.
3: Get him, get him out there. Let's get Rudy <laughs> in the game. It is to nothing. Okay, uh, next we're going to be joined by Matt Hayes. We love having Matt on. We'll talk about a Heisman Trophy. And also some big-picture things, and again, maybe specifically about Notre Dame with this win today, Cincinnati looking like the Bearcats. We thought that were worthy of the college football playoff. We'll see how all this shakes out uh, with Matt Hayes when you come back with us right here because, again, some big numbers being put on by some teams today trying to make a statement to the college football playoff committee. We'll see if, at least in Matt's eyes, if they have made that statement. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: This is Betty Across America on vSIN, the Sports Betty Network.
3: The VEASAN Black Friday offer is here right now. When you sign up for our $99 mid-season football special, you're also going to get a $20 credit to the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up, this is a limited-time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is Betting Across America. And Wes, you know I try not to play favorites. We like all of our guests that we have on Betting Across America, but Matt Hayes is one of my faves. And he's gonna join us right now, of course. Check him out XL Primetime 12 to 3 Eastern Time, Monday through Friday on 1010 XL in Jacksonville. Matt, let me start off with just an absurd question right off the top. Just get it out of the way. I look up, I see Notre Dame's up 55-0 on Georgia Tech. Wes and I have been trying to find a pathway. For the Irish to get into the college football playoff discussion, are they actually in the discussion, or is this something the committee really does not want to tackle?
7: Well, first off, don't don't sell yourself short. You guys are one of my favorites, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, Thank you, Matt. I, I I check's I in the mail. <laughs> You're right. I will say this, David. West. Um, if you want to use the Gary Barta, the playoff committee chairman math, I mean, why, why wouldn't Notre Dame be in it? They, they play a much tougher schedule. Than Cincinnati, Since they Cincinnati beat them, but you know what? Michigan State beat Michigan, and the committee thought Michigan was the better team. Now, you know, people will say, well, they got, you know, you know they were right all along because look what happened to Michigan State today, but I mean, the reality is this, look, I've never been a Cincinnati guy. I know everybody wants to be a Cincinnati guy. Everybody in the media is being a Cincinnati guy because that's the big thing. The little guy gets a shot. The little guy hasn't played anybody, okay? <laughs> they played one game, and they won the game, and I'm not even sure how good Notre Dame is at this point, so... It's very easy to say, "Oh, yeah, Cincinnati's got to get in there." If Cincinnati played in the Big Ten; they'd be four and four in the league. If they played in the SEC, they'd be three and five or two and six. Please, let's, let's This is nonsense, okay? You're going to give a team a spot in the league because they beat one team and they went through an easy conference. That's what we're doing right now. That's what we've been. That that's what we're at night right now with college football. Come on, we, we're better than this. We we cannot think of this lowest common denominator of, oh, well, they're unbeaten. Let's put them in the playoffs.
2: I'm a Cincinnati guy today because I did lay the 10 here against SMU. But I like by the, the way. Honesty. No, no, I agree. And I don't think Cincinnati is one of the best four teams, but I thought that this would be a motivation right. spot when you're getting a little bit better team and so far so good. But Matt, uh, let's talk about a conference that is kind of getting ignored a little bit, at least in the college football playoff rankings, where I think they're rated, uh, what ninth, 11th and 13th respectively. Mm. And those are the three at the top of the big 12, uh, Baylor, obviously, they got a they. They're kind of on the outside looking in right now. They got to take care of business in Manhattan, which is going to be a tough task against an improving K State team. But Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, do you believe that one of those two teams, uh, who likely are going to play twice if whichever sweeps the other, do you believe one of those teams has a path in the top four? I don't know, man. That's going to be tough.
7: I, I don't like either one of them. I think Baylor's the best team in that league, but they, you know, screwed around a couple games. I, I don't know, Wes. Honestly, you know, Oklahoma is just so hit and miss. I, it's As strange as this can be, I cannot believe I'm actually, these words are coming out of my mouth right now. I think they're a better defensive team than they are an offensive team, which is just amazing considering what Oklahoma has been on defense for the last, I don't know, decade. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and Oklahoma State, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they, they play really well defensively. They're very limited offensively. They don't have those kind of breakout guys on the outside. Um, you know, Spencer's a decent quarterback. You know, he he makes some plays every once in a while. That's not a team we think. Yeah, yeah, that's a playoff team. I mean, I guess if OU wins out and there's some chaos and, and Oregon loses, uh, and and maybe Georgia loses, Alabama beats Georgia, then you know, then then they they both get in. I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with that. There's gotta be chaos for the Big Twelve to get in as well is the way it looks like right
3: now. Well, let's stay in the Big 12 theme here a little bit, and I just want to ask specifically about Dave Arana because I know how connected you are. And We saw that Michigan State looks like they're going to back up the Brinks truck here for Mel Tucker. Maybe they have buyer's remorse after what happened today in Columbus. But but I just wonder, Matt, it makes too much sense to me looking at LSU with a job opening, and Dave Arana was the defensive coordinator when they won the national championship like six days ago, right? Is that the logical place that LSU should make a phone call to Baylor and say, can we talk to Dave Aranda, our old buddy? We'd like to get him to come home.
7: Well, I mean, there's a couple things. I hope I hope Mel Tucker has, like, DocuSign. He signed that thing, that 95 mil. After losing by 56. <laughs> wow, man. Um, here's the thing with Dave Aranda. is a unique cat. He's a different guy. He's a really good coach. Um, I spoke with him this spring on my show. He really likes it in Baylor. His family likes Baylor. Um, and I think we see what Michigan State did with Mel Tucker. When you really want a guy, you can make it really hard for him to leave. And, and I think Baylor has the money to do that. Will they do it? I don't, I don't know. Um, is he a fit at LSU? I think he knows the culture. Um, he's, a, he's a really good recruiter. Uh, I, he's, that's a – man, that's a tough job. It's a tough job. It's a meat grinder job. And, you know, I don't know that he has the personality for that. I, 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 I would like to see him succeed where he's at at Baylor. Or at a different Power 5 jo- job if he decides to go to, to another Power 5 job. If you're LSU, man, you need a guy that is not only charismatic and dynamic, but a guy that, like, just shoot people up and spit them out. You have to have that type of coach in that job. There's, There are a handful of jobs where you've got to have a ball breaker, and that's one of them. LSU is definitely one of them.
2: Matt, uh, going into today, we had some shorter-priced oh. guys on the, on the Heisman odds board, mm-hmm. clearly, with the— uh, oh. Stroud and Young and Kenneth Walker, Matt Corral was also in single digits, but it didn't seem like we had that one guy. It was kind of like a battle of attrition, kind of like a last man standing. Before what happened in Columbus today, where now for the first time this season we actually have an odds-on favorite to take home the Heisman Trophy. That is CJ Stroud at BetMGM minus two fifty. Elsewhere, I saw him as high as minus four dollars. Matt. Can somebody pull this Heisman Trophy away from C.J. Stroud? Because it seemed like he made a really darn good case this afternoon. Uh,
7: you know what? It's so, Wes, the thing with the season is we're literally week to week with this thing. And it's, it's typically that way in November when you get guys that make runs. I, I, I'm not, look, look, we can all say it's C.J. Stroud's game. Let, let's say, you know, Alabama, they went here. They beat Auburn. And then Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC Championship. And Bryce Young has a huge game. Who do you think is going to win the win the Heisman at that point? So I, I I mean I understand CJ Stroud. I see what he did this game. He he's really playing well right now on the offense. He looks very comfortable. He looks very fluid. Um, he's making really nice throws. But I think sometimes, honestly, Wes, we get we are creatures of the moment. And yes. We get caught up in right now, here's what happened. Look at CJ Stroud. Oh my god, they won sixty-two seven. And there's a lot of ball to be played still, man. A lot. He not only that, CJ Stroud's got to play against two really good defenses in Michigan and Wisconsin. So I mean, he could also, you know, show himself out too and say, Look at these two defenses I just played against, and I just threw for X amount of yards and X amount of touchdowns. And yeah, that's why you should vote for me. But there's a lot of ball to be played, man, and a lot of guys that I think that can make statement games along the way
4: too.
3: Well, I, I appreciate that because going back to baseball here for an analogy, everybody said, Well, Shohei Otani won the MVP in July, and I'm like, Well, that's not the way it works. You gotta play out the whole season. You gotta mm-hmm. play all one sixty two, right? So they can't just sit here and go today, all right, the Heisman trophy is over. It's CJ Stroud, he's won it. When I look right. up
7: they'll try. Dave, they'll try. I mean, does anybody pump Ohio State more than, than ESPN?
6: And, yeah. and that, and that,
7: I, mean, I look I love Fowler and Herbsheet. I think I think they're fantastic. I think Fowler has gone from a guy that's pretty good at the play by play guy to the best play by play guy in college football. I think he's fantastic. And I love them. They're a great tandem. Nobody loves Ohio State like those two. It's ridiculous. It is and, and I think, you know, I think everybody gets caught up in it because they
3: cheer so much for them. I hear you, and I just looked up, and Bryce Young just threw another touchdown pass for Alabama. And I was saying to Wes before we started the segment with you, Matt, every time I watch Bryce Young play, I go, "What is what is he doing that is escaping the eye?" Where I, and I know he was the favorite before that CJ Stroud performance today, but I look at I look at Bryce Young and I see every bit, if not better, than what I see with CJ Stroud. Am I missing something here with Bryce Young in that head-to-head comparison?
7: You're not, and I'll tell you this too: you guys wait and see. The thing that everybody really doesn't know about Bryce Young is he can run, man, and they haven't done anything with him in the run game, nothing this year, because there's nothing behind him. They can't take a chance. When the SEC Championship game rolls around, watch him unleash a QB run pass with him, and he'll do a lot of different things that people are going to start to go, whoa, this is interesting. He is a true dual threat guy. They just haven't done it because if he gets hurt, they're done. But I think they'll unleash it in, in the SEC
2: Championship game. And I think Matt was right there, not being a creature or a prisoner of the moment here. But looking at the odds board, might be getting down to a two-man race, though, between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Bryce Young's still two and a quarter here at MGM.
3: Maybe it's finally time, if you want to back Bryce Young, you actually get some value if it's a 2 or six. More race. than you've gotten over the last about two and a half months, for sure. Absolutely. Hey, I,
7: I I'm not talking about putting money on it, but I'll tell you the best player is in college football right now is Will Anderson. That dude, oh my God. You want to talk about a player. That is a big time. That's Alabama's best player. Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: Okay, Matt. We got about uh, thirty seconds to go here. I just got to get a weekly check. Obviously, we have the Green Zone tomorrow here. Wes and I talk NFL. How's Herb doing down there in Jacksonville? Is he winning some people <laughs> over with their better play?
7: Is this a weekly Herb chat? Chat. Um, <laughs> I he, you to. know
3: what? I <laughs> I think they're you
6: know
7: they're losing, so it's not good. I think the defense has really turned a corner. They're starting to play really well defensively. You know, one's an anomaly and two's a trend. And they've played probably two and a half straight games of really good defense. So I think they just got to get Trevor Lawrence. They've got to get pieces around him, man. They're so limited at receiver. Um, and they're not that good on the offensive line. And then when James Robinson's hurt, you know, that's that's their best guy on offense. So that hurts them as really well.
3: All right. That's why you got to listen to Matt Hayes down there in Jacksonville. XL Primetime, 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, 1010 XL. Thanks, Matt. We are back. More right here on Visa in the Sports Betting Network.
0: If you dare.
2: This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports
3: Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a special offer on college football. Simply place a $10 money-on wager on any team, and if your team scores a touchdown, you're going to win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bets outcome. Just use the bonus code vsin 200 When you make your very first wager, enjoy college football like never before. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use the bonus code VEASEN200 to win $200 in free bets. If the college team you bet on simply scores a touchdown, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is betting across America right here on Beeson. It is over in South Bend, but it didn't get over, did it, It did
2: not. It was 45-0 at the half, 55-0. Final score of the Irish over Georgia Tech. Closing number at BetMGM. 57 and a half on the total. So uh, some really tough beats. I mean, look, if you had Michigan State, Ohio State over. And even if you've got the early number. Yeah. And 67, it's 56 to seven. Ohio State gets 56 and you don't get the over. So uh, that was some hijinks. We also had some point spread hijinks in this middle afternoon. Big 10 game. It was Illinois against Iowa. Illinois is getting about 12 pretty much market wide. They were down 26, 16. Illinois had been in the number the whole game. Brandon Peters pick 6 Iowa returns it 1:30 left to go Iowa takes the lead but Illinois gets down the field for a touchdown with 30 seconds left to go Peters redeems himself so 33 to 23 your final score a line I get within the number Iowa stays alive in the Big 10 yeah. West now with another win so Wisconsin uh, not quite wrap this baby up and they might not wrap it up until next week anyway and meanwhile it's 21-14 Wisconsin over Nebraska. Wisconsin minus 7.5, half, half on the current in-game total. Michigan taking care of business right now at Maryland 24-3. to
3: And we got a shootout in Tuscaloosa. Arkansas just answered the Alabama touchdown 31-21 with about 10 minutes to go in the third quarter there. Let's get back out to Ben Fox over there at Mandalay Bay doing a great job for us as always. Ben, boy, well, it's kind of been wild the last couple of minutes here. What's the atmosphere like over there?
6: A lot of Illini backers there for, it's always you know fun when you see a team get in the back door and you know kind of what they're rooting for because the game was otherwise over, right? I was winning this game. Uh, but that's why the point spread is the great equalizer and always something to keep track of during all of these games. Uh, so, that was probably the biggest cheer. I would just close up with saying that, based off of uh, going off of what Wes said earlier with the major wagers and these six figure bets, I think it's important for bettors to always think about why am I making this wager? Right? Am I following someone on Twitter? Am I asking a friend? And once you're figuring out kind of why you're making the bet as well, do some self-scouting afterwards, right? Was it a bad beat? Were you really on the wrong side, had the wrong result? I think we spend a lot of time figuring out the bets and then very little time looking back at actually why the bet won or lost. And sometimes you can get those bets you shouldn't have won or those ones that you should have based on the game. So just something to always consider and look at why exactly you're placing that bet and were you on the right side or the wrong side regardless of whether you cash your ticket. That's a
2: great point by Ben, and I think that's something that often gets overlooked here. You always have to take self-inventory, not only in any aspect of your life, but as a, as a better, you have to take inventory. Okay, Absolutely. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And you're constantly making adjustments because it's like when you're a freshman coming into one of these football programs. You can't be the same guy as a senior as you were a freshman. No. You have to constantly evolve. You have to constantly work to improve. And taking self inventory is a better, is somebody, you know, because it's when it's when you're rolling right and you're winning a bunch, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, I don't want to change anything. And then when you lose or have a bad week or two, you may be a prisoner of the moment and be like, oh, I got to change the whole process. So you're constantly taking self inventory.
3: I, I think it's, it's great advice, and I want to thank Ben Fox for joining us uh, all afternoon long at Mandalay Bay, of course. Our VP of digital content right here at VEASAN. We'll see him tomorrow uh, back here on the Green Zone. Uh, Very quickly, Michigan's got a third and goal right now. About nine minutes to go in the third quarter. They've really impressed me in these spots that you think that maybe they would look ahead with Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Ohio State certainly did not look ahead today against Michigan State. And Michigan is not doing that. They are taking care of business right now in College Park. Uh, So let's see if this is going to hold here because there's a flag in the end zone, but 24 to three Michigan right now, defensively, they look great.
2: And this is a Maryland team that does have something to play for here. They're at five and five. They're trying to get to a bowl game for the first time in several years. First time under coach Mike Loxley. So 24 to three Maryland, only 157 yards, Michigan three seventeen. So, uh, Michigan's had some fumble luck though they put the ball on the turf a couple times they've recovered it they get a defensive holding in the end zone looks like Maryland we thought had a turnover they do not so 24 to 3 Michigan handling their business and speaking of handling its business mm. are the Cincinnati Bearcats I-, I just saw this number Tanner Mordecai the Oklahoma transfer who has put up just stupidly good numbers this year. 8 of 14 for 23 yards against this Bearcat team. Uh, And look, I, you know, I know Cincinnati and what Matt Hayes, our buddy Matt Hayes was saying. It's like, you know, I don't think they're one of the top four teams and I don't either, but this defense is legit and they're proving that they're legit today. And look, they were legit last year Mm -hmm. in the sugar bowl against a good Georgia team. Georgia didn't get very many points and many yards on them. By the way, Michigan into the end zone now, thirty to three. PAT pending to make it thirty-one to three. Eight fifty left to go. You hesitate to say that a game is over when it's not midway through the third quarter, but it is over in college
3: park. Absolutely. So again, that's going to be a massive showdown. We believe the line should be around nine and a half, ten is what we're gauging. That yeah, and I've line seen some
2: seven and a maybe get put out there by some odds makers, but. I think it's kind of going to be like right in the middle. I don't think it's going to be what it was this summer when it was 13, 14 on a game of the year line. It's not going to be the six and a half that I saw at a certain sports book when we were talking, when I was looking at up, when we were talking with Scott Seidenberg. So probably split the diff there. Nine and a half. that makes right. sense.
3: By the way, I, I was just uh, awed in the moment. We just had Matt, uh, Matt Hayes on, and he mentioned that Bryce Young can really run. And he just had a potential Heisman-like run. It's yeah. called back because of a penalty. So it does not count. But that is kind of the point here. When, I didn't know everybody right now, prisoner of the moment, mm-hmm. is CJ Stroud's gonna win the Heisman trophy. Yeah. Right now, when you look at his performance so far today, over four hundred yards, 20 to 27 for 406 and four touchdowns, no picks, fifth game this year with at least four touchdowns. I'm sorry, his body of work is still Better to me than C.J. Stroud. Well, and
2: keep in mind with Alabama, this is a new offensive coordinator. Of course, we know Sark in Austin uh, was the OC. It's now Bill O'Brien, the former Penn State and former Texans mm-hmm. head coach. And O'Brien is more of a pro-style type yes. of offense, guys. So you don't see really a ton of zone read necessarily with Bryce Young. But I thought Matt Hayes made a good point. We haven't seen him really run the ball this year. Only a couple rushing touchdowns. Certainly not rushing as much as Matt Corral has had to do at Ole Miss where he's got 10 touchdowns. But that's a lot because his offensive line's been hurt. He's had receivers out. Obviously, Bryce Young has a ton of weapons at receiver, much like C.J. Stroud does. So he hasn't had to run much. So I'm wondering, you know, we get in that SEC championship Mm. game, Alabama and Georgia, They got a little zone read package that maybe Kirby and them guys haven't seen. We know Kirby's defense is pretty awesome. Is actually the Arkansas defense looked pretty awesome there. Bryce Young couldn't find anybody open. Big sack for the Razorbacks, so that's going to put Alabama to be forced to kick a field
3: goal. And again, the reason why we bring this up, we love doing the Heisman watch. We've been doing it for the last few months here uh, as the season has progressed here, and it does feel like what we saw today, what we witnessed over the last six hours, is a demarcation, a separation mm-hmm. for the Heisman Trophy that does feel like I just cannot see anybody that's not named C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young winning the Heisman Trophy. And before the day was began, Kenneth Walker III was right there in that conversation. I think he's an absolute long shot at best right now to be in, still in this discussion. It feels like a two-quarterback yeah. race in Ohio State and or Alabama. Yeah. So pick, pick wisely here.
2: The market is reflecting that, too, because Kenneth Walker now... What was he like? Three fifty to open the day. Didn't really do much today. Never was really in no. position to do much when you get down that early and you have to throw every play. Kenneth Walker now back up to twelve to one. Matt Corral fourteen to one. Kenny Pickett twenty five, and then you've got some fifties. Desmond Ritter at fifty to one. So this does look like a two guy race.
3: It right, looks like a uh, looks like Alabama. It's they're up by ten right now. Came up a little bit short yeah. on the field goal try. So that game, by the way, is not done by a long shot here. That field goal is no good. So Arkansas down 10, taking over. I think Michigan has just blocked a second punt against Maryland so far. So they're special teams. They got everything clicking Against that that Buckeye team next week, that's going to be very interesting yeah, to watch as and, well. And
2: and, uh, and uh, what you're seeing here now, Maryland minus thirty-one and a half, fifty-four and a half on the total. By the way, Alabama in play, thirty-one to twenty-one with that missed field goal. Seven minutes left to go in the third quarter. Alabama minus twelve and a half, seventy-one and a half the current total.
3: And Cincinnati, forty-one nothing with you that know P-A-T. you can
2: respect them hate them or love them but that's a statement that they're making today in a very big spot and a team that i think needed one
3: absolutely in wisconsin nebraska right now really good game going on there in madison 21 all with five and a half minutes to go whoa what a six hours of college football has been fun right here at betting across america uh james and Slin- brady Cannon have you covered for the nfl outlook don't go anywhere they're coming back right after a very short break it is vson the sports betting network
0: work.